there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John McComb. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. We continue our previews with the yes, Nebraska Cornhuskers, a team oh. we love to hate, or at least I love to hate. Uh, been doing that my entire life and you know fun funnily enough colorado's on the schedule for nebraska this year so that that's a lot of fun <laughs> oh buffaloes it's a glorious time <laughs> all things come to those who wait buffaloes but uh prodigal son comes home scott frost returning to his alma mater uh taking over after a couple great years at central florida but what's he coming home to and I'm not, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make the joke that where his house got broken into the last day or two and all of his, uh, title rings were stolen. So that, that, that's low hanging fruit that I'm not gonna go there. But what's left in the cupboard? So I, I was just curious, are, are, is, is it clear? Do either of you guys know, is Scott Frost allowed to actually play safety for this team like he did for the New York Jets? Is that in, <laughs> is that in play? Uh, because if uh, it's not... I, I, I thought he was gonna have to play quarterback. Oh well, can he play both? Uh, I would imagine. I would imagine that. Uh, well, I don't. I don't want to go there. Let's just say the events of the past week are the least of Scott Frost's troubles as far as it goes right now. Um, I will pause in a second so that we can all absorb what I am about to say. Nebraska had the worst defense in the Big Ten last year. Let that sink in. The black shirts were the 14th best defense in the Big Ten. Technically, they were probably tied for 13th with god-awful Maryland, but you get the idea. I can't oversell this. Nebraska gave up 36 points a game. They gave up a staggering 436 yards per game, 214 yards a game on the ground. Nebraska intercepted eight passes As a team, they had 13 and a half sacks as a team. Seriously, if Frost cannot actually play safety for this team, I don't know how in the world his arrival is going to magically fix the nightmare going on in Lincoln on the defensive side of the ball. I don't want it to seem as though I'm skimming over the particulars of Nebraska's defensive personnel, but the short of it is they don't have players. The secondary completely regressed last year. No player broke up more than six passes. The linebackers have nothing back. And last year's top player at linebacker was Chris Weber, a former walk-on lunch pail guy. Um, At defensive line, the Huskers are pinning their hopes on a converted 3-4 rush linebacker, Ben Still, who had nine sacks and three and a half TFLs last year. The guy didn't exactly, like, burn the house down. Um, and he's being moved to defensive line. Uh, and keep in mind, the Huskers play a 3-4. So a position where they need four good linebackers. They had one, and they're moving him to defensive line. This is a desperate move to generate some semblance of a pass rush, and it leaves Nebraska completely empty at the position where they need those four solid players. So this seems like a good place to mention that the Huskers will be breaking in their third defensive coordinator in five years. 
Um, new defensive coordinator Eric Chenander played a very attacking style based on turnovers at UCF, which worked very well. Except that Chenander is going to be playing much tougher, much more run-oriented offenses in the Big Ten. And he doesn't have an athlete on this Huskers team remotely at the level of either of the Griffin twins he had the past two years at UCF. Um, In addition, at least for this year, Nebraska is going to stay at the 3-4, mainly to smooth the transition. But as I said before, they don't have the talent nearly to continue to play 3-4. So I don't know how smooth this said transition is actually going to be. Frost knows he's got a mulligan year in 2018. So expect to see a lot of young guys playing a lot on the defense as Frost... That's exactly what he did at US at UFC. Right, or UCF, right. Or UCF, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um and so you expect to see a lot of guys young guys play as he desperately and I'm sure it's happening literally at this exact moment, as Frost desperately sells high school kids on the chance to play immediately at Nebraska on defense. Um so again, I would imagine it's sinking into Frost just how bad the defense that he inherited truly is right now. Um, so again, we'll talk about it later, but the Huskers do not have a friendly schedule. Um, and I think things are going to go south once teams realize that they can do absolutely anything they want against this defense. And that includes us. Offensively, because. Um, what are we looking at? I, I don't even know how to set you up because there's so many different ways I could go here. Why don't you just take it away? Well, the bottom line is that, you know, finally, Scott Frost is bringing his white-hot offense to Nebraska. And he has nobody to run it. <laughs> I, people, we've been waiting for weeks to do this preview. <laughs> I want you guys to close your eyes and envision Scott Frost and his staff as the Cleveland Indians coaching staff in the epic film Major League. <laughs> now imagine the quarterbacks just rolled up and got off of a, of a motorcycle and looked like they just got up out of prison. And Scott Frost says, take a look at these effing guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- this is the inherent problem. Frost's offense is a heavy responsibility for the quarterback, much like anything coming out of the Chip Kelly slash Oregon coaching tree. And they will eventually cause a lot of problems for Big Ten defenses. Um, you know, John, I, I jumped in and mentioned it when you were talking about the, uh, about the defense. The story at, at Central Florida went like this. Year one, play all of the freshmen and sophomores. Year two, profit. <laughs> and, I, and I think I think Nebraska is going to look very inconsistent, probably very predictable. Um Based on the, who they who they have at QB, teams are either going to be keying run or pass. They don't have somebody that's proficient at both, and it's it's going to be a it's going to be a tough look. Um, let's dig into some of the some of the talent that they have returning. So the offensive line looked to be a real strength of last year's team. Tons of injuries really scuttled what would what would have been their best asset uh, on offense. Four starters come back. They've got plenty of talent and depth in, in the two deep. A lot, a lot to work with there. However, while three of these five starters uh, are seniors and were recruited by Bo Pelini into his, um, I don't know quite what you would call that offense, but you know it was it was run with a dual threat QB, uh, 
a lot of um, moving pockets, etc. Most of the two deep on O-line was recruited by Mike Riley to a very pro uh, West Coast system. How are they going to adapt uh, to the new approach under Frost? We just we just don't know. That's going to remain to be seen. Uh, the wide receivers are far and away the most talented group on this offense. Uh, Stanley Morgan and J.D. Spielman both averaged over 15 yards per catch last year. They're a spectacular duo. Maybe the the most proven slash best in the Big Ten. And when you think about they were they were being thrown to by the elusive Tanner Lee, uh, that's kind of even more impressive. Um, hey, Manning Passing Academy, man. <laughs> uh, neither of these guys is big, but they're fast, and they're really perfect fits for the Frost offense. Nobody else uh, on the team really caught any passes last year, um, but watch out for, for Ty John Lindsay. He was a top 10 wide receiver recruit. He played spare. He played last year, but didn't really do much at all. But he has a ton of talent. They also bring in Jaron Woodyard, who's a really solid JUCO transfer. You know, these receivers are all roughly five eleven, six foot in the one eighty to one ninety weight range. They're not the types of receivers that have traditionally give the, given the cats trouble, but they might be the fastest group in the Big Ten outside of Columbus. And that's true even after losing Demorne L. Pearson, who was who was their speed demon uh, the last couple seasons. So this group is 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 really solid. Uh, running back is going to be interesting, and again, I think there's some potential system trans, trans transition issues here. Central Florida's offense was hyper-explosive in both running and passing. A lot of that was because of the brilliance of quarterback Mackenzie Milton. But they had a guy at running back, Adrian Killens, who was really spectacular. He averaged like seven yards per carry. He was also about 50 pounds lighter and wickedly faster than anyone currently on Nebraska's roster. Now, what the Huskers do have is that everybody from last year is coming back. Divina Zigbo, Mikhail Wilbon, Trey Bryant uh, are all back. And they're adding two-time JUCO All-American Greg Bell. Bryant was the best of the bunch last year before getting injured. But again, I really wonder about the fit into the new system. These guys are all like 200-pound bruisers. Um, outside of Bryant, they did not do particularly well in some of the advanced stats, i.e. like opportunity rate, yards after contact, etc. I just, when you think about what UCF did with tempo and pace and, you know, multiple uh, looks coming out of the same sets, um, reading the defense, etc., uh, and and using a scat back like Killian's to um, to play off of uh, off of a really talented dual threat QB and Mackenzie Milton. I just don't see how this running back core can support that that type of effort this year. And this leads us down to the quarterback position. Um, there's definitely some talent here. Uh, Adrian Martinez and Tristan Gebbia are the two um, most likely candidates to win this role. I think it's extremely likely that both are going to see playing time and significant playing time this year. So Martinez is just an absolute spectacular runner. He's a burner. Uh, He does fantastic things with his legs. He's not much of a passer. Gebbia is much more accomplished throwing the ball, but doesn't have the wheels of Martinez. Does this sound like 2012 Northwestern to anybody? Sure. The difference is that neither of these guys has played a single down of college football, whereas uh, both Trevor Simeon and Kane Coulter had had some experience. 
And when you layer on the fact that Frost system depends on the quarterback not only to make reads and decisions, etc., but to also really be, be a hybrid uh, player and to be able to attack through the air or on the run, I think this is going to be a major, major, major limiting factor for the Huskers in 2018. Now, Martinez was a Frost recruit, and given the woes on the defense, um, maybe relying and leaning in on the run game might be really prudent for Nebraska this year. Try to slow things down, try to control the ball a little bit, um, but they're going to be one-dimensional. So I don't know. I just I, I don't I, I don't see this as much of a threat this season. <laughs> I uh, can we talk? Let's talk schedule, Sammy. Take us through it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, they start off the year uh, against Akron. Uh, we talked about Akron a couple uh, episodes ago, so that that'll be. Uh, Interesting um, to see what Nebraska is able to do with Akron. Uh, then they get Colorado and then Troy. Um, Sunbelt champion, 11 wins last year. Yep, that's right. And then the fun starts. Uh, they go to Michigan, home for Purdue, and at, <laughs> at Wisconsin, at Northwestern, home for Minnesota, bye week. At Ohio State, Illinois, home for Michigan State, at Iowa. Let's oh take, my God! Let's take. Let's go through. Like, remember everything Scuzz just said about what Nebraska needs to do: Michigan, Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Michigan State, and Ohio State were six of the best run defenses in the nation last year, and Minnesota, <laughs> and, Minnesota and Iowa beat the ever-loving crap out of Nebraska last year. Uh, people forget Minnesota annihilated the Huskers last year. Um, for me, the floor for the Huskers is two wins. That is their floor. They get Illinois at home. They get Akron at home. They could not win another game. That is in play. Uh, there, I mean, Scuzz painted a picture. This team's got some good running backs uh, and a potentially good offensive line. And that does them no good in this conference. Uh, there are just there are six defenses that are just gonna laugh and be like, "You're really not gonna try to throw the ball, really? That this is your plan? Okay, because we're gonna throw and run, and every time we do it, we're gonna score a touchdown. So that that's what you're going with, um, boy. I Scuzz is playing right. This is this is the uh, underpants gnomes from South Park. We're gonna play 2018. 2019, 2020, profit. <laughs> <laughs> and, I am, um, and, and Frost I, said it as well. I mean, in the uh, in the Big Ten media days, he really just came out and said, "You better get us now because in a few years it's going to be there." No reason to think that's not going to be the case, except this year they're not going to be good. No, no, and and everyone said can do. You better get us now, and everyone's like, okay. Colorado's like, <laughs> yes, will do. I mean, the only so the only wrinkle is that Scott Frost is a very proven coach. Um, he's a extremely different coach from Mike Riley, and and an extremely different coach from Bo Pelini. I think the notion that he can get something more out of these players than Riley was able to last year is pretty much a given. Now, like this, that doesn't fix the structural issues and, and the lack of uh, athletes in key spots. It's, 
it's hard for me to imagine two wins. I like Colorado and Troy both have to come to Nebraska. Troy's very good though. That's the one asterisk. Uh, they've been a- they've been very good in the past. They've never beaten a Big Ten team. They lost fifty six to nil last time they played Nebraska. I don't know. <laughs> like the t- like they're good, but the talent discrepancy is is vast. Um, I just I'm just laughing at this at this schedule. It's like when Rutgers oh, and Maryland. Terrific. Well, it's like when Rutgers and Maryland joined the Big Ten, and they were handed Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State um, right out of the gate. Uh, and, and I think they also got Wisconsin. Maybe I don't know it was just it was like a horrific. Their crossover schedule was just like the worst it could possibly be. And and that's what Nebraska is getting. That like Scott Frost, welcome to the Big Ten. Here's five road games at Michigan, at Wisconsin, <laughs> at Ohio State, at Northwestern, at Iowa. That is just brutal. There, I mean, it's quite possible. I I mean, really, it's it's very possible. You could easily bet on this and win money that the Huskers play the the top three run defenses in the nation all on the road. Which is just oh my god, just ridiculous. Oh my god, they may not crack a hundred yards in any of those games. I just, just it's it's a bloodbath for them. I mean, right? Like positive. Let's say they beat Akron, they beat Colorado, they beat Troy. Uh, they're still looking at just a nightmare over the next coming weeks. And again, don't like Purdue, Minnesota. Like Purdue can go toe to toe with this team. Um, Purdue can. I don't. I mean, Minnesota's another one. We haven't previewed them yet, but like, right. that's that's a team whose quarterback situation might be more dire than sure. Nebraska's. Sure. Again, though. Again, like, at least for this year, Nebraska's going to continue to have the worst or close to the worst defense in the conference. So factor that in when you factor anything in your head. If you're saying, well, they've got this good offensive line, they've got these running backs, maybe they come from quarterbacks. Well, then great. Then they can play shootout football. Because that's their best case scenario. Um, I, I, I do want to throw this out there. Um, two years ago, Purdue, Daryl Hazel, were terrible. Um, Brom comes in and makes them interesting right away. And and you know, we, we've talked about them uh, already. A very interesting team. Now, Frost could come in and... What what's the likelihood that he could make this team at least interesting? So I'm looking like a ceiling to me. If like your best case scenario six and six and they make a bowl game, that would be a miracle. That would be like give Scott Frost coach of the year, um, and he would deserve it if if they could pull that off because like their road slate is just a nightmare. And then, you know, are you going to beat Michigan State at home? I mean, Michigan State is better than Nebraska in every way, at every position. Um, And maybe it's close in a couple of areas. Maybe Nebraska's got better running backs, I guess, or a deeper stable. But, I mean... I mean, the the main difference is Nebraska's crossovers are Michigan-Ohio State and Michigan State, whereas Purdue's crossovers in year one for Brome were Indiana, Rutgers, and Michigan. And All again, right. and again, right now Troy is watching the NIU tape from last year when NIU went right into Lincoln and put it on the Huskers, um, and like they're going to come in expecting to win that game. Now maybe they don't, 
And you're right, in terms of recruiting, I'm sure they don't match up from a talent perspective. But Troy has not lost a lot of football recently, and they know Nebraska is way down right now. Um, And they're going to come on the road expecting for a W until they're told otherwise. And of course, uh, you know, there's this other team on the non-con that has just a little bit of historical hatred for the Nebraska Cornhuskers (laughs) that will take the opportunity (laughs) to, 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 to kick them while they're down. So... You know, to, to kind of look ahead to October 13th, I mean, I love that, A, we're getting them off right after Wisconsin. So they're going to yep. be beat up. And B, it's their second week on the road. I mean, it's the their only back-to-back road games all season is uh, Wisconsin and then Northwestern. So we really do get them at a really ideal time as far as, far as you know, body blow theory after Wisconsin – and then, you know, two road games in a row. Well, they're just, it's a great matchup for us, too, because their Rundy is not stout, and our Rundy is, and, I, like, they don't, they don't have the, the things that usually cause Northwestern problems. They don't have any of them on their squad, and, you know, the, the, the timing of, of when we play them, like you just mentioned, Sam, coming off Wisconsin, like, that feels really good. Now, at the same time, like this has been one of the underrated rivalries in the Big Ten West since Northwest since Nebraska came to the conference. In that, I think there's only been like no team has won more than two in a row. It's been very back and forth. Every game has been pretty close and pretty entertaining. And the road so, team tends to win. So who knows, right? Like, I, like this is one of those things where. I'll be honest, like I have a really hard time imagining Nebraska is going to be any worse than last season uh, at four, at four and eight. I, I think it's very plausible they lose a non-conference game, and I think it's very plausible that they knock off somebody they have no business beating in, uh, in conference by way of being overlooked, um, you know, motivational genius Scott Frost. At the same time, you know, I might have I might have thought that about Minnesota in in the the early stages of the PJ Fleck era, and it hasn't happened yet. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. the 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 missing pieces in terms of defensive playmakers and quarterback might just be too big to overcome. But I I'm not gonna. I can't see them dropping below four or five wins. <sighs> We'll do, see. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? And this is this is really going out there. And um, you've got a bye week, then you go to Ohio State, who is also coming off a bye. But Ohio State, the week after, goes to Michigan State. No, they have no chance. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you were going to say, you know, is how bad is Nebraska going to get beaten in that game, given that that's their trap game? Because Nebraska will be looking ahead to Illinois. To Illinois. A, real, <laughs> a real opportunity for a W in a season where there are very few. <laughs> I just, yeah, like, here's the interesting thing about their schedule. Like, their most winnable Big Ten games are all at home. Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois. There's There's something there. Um, they've got the, the like the three non non con games all at home. Even though the competition is maybe you know more difficult than your average Big Ten non con uh, rundown, I, like that's six winnable home games, and they've got a couple more you know winnable road games. I just as bad as this sounds, um, 
both both John your take and mine on those these various units I I feel they're going to get enough out of those winnable opportunities I don't know maybe I just the one thing people I want to picture because I know you're hearing us beat up on Nebraska and you're thinking yeah but these are still the black shirts and I don't want to put the cart before the horse just envision what was going on in the Maryland game for us last year right where their defensive line can't do anything. Their linebackers can't do anything. And our linemen are out in space all the time um, on pulling run plays where suddenly you're seeing uh, Jeremy Larkin and Justin Jackson with a convoy where, like, it hasn't been hard for tackles and guards and centers to get out into the flats because there are just no defensive linemen holding them up and the linebackers aren't getting out there fast enough. And then just that space... That, that comes out there when suddenly our guys are out in space in the flats with linemen in front of them and what that did for us from an offensive perspective, right? Because if DJ Moore's not playing in that Maryland game, I mean, that game's not even close. Um, and that's what it was like for Nebraska every game last season. Um, and that's why Nebraska and Maryland were the two worst defenses in the conference. Um, and our line is well-equipped to do the kind of things uh, that we're going to need it to do against this defense. And uh, and they don't have the ponies to stop them. And, and we do on the other side, just like Scuzz said. So, I mean, this is – Nebraska doesn't have it right now. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, you're right. Like if Scuzz says, if these things all bounce the way the Huskers need them to, then, yeah, maybe they get up to four or five wins. But if, if this team bowls, Scott Frost should be coach of the year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, agree with, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, anything else to pile on before we uh, get out of here? Oh, man. Let me kick him one more time. Let me kick the carcass one more time. <laughs> the, just let me get one more in. Oh, no, pl- please do. Okay. I will not stop you. Yeah. I'll just I'll just finish on that. Like, the Akron game was going to be really, really interesting to dissect. I it, I know it's the first game of the year, but given that that's a common opponent, um, I'm just going to be fascinated to see how that plays out, to see how Nebraska responds in that game to what – is either going to be, you know, they're either going to come out of the gates. Um, I think that's, that game's either going to go one of two ways. Nebraska's going to come out of the gates on an emotional high and steamroll a very inferior team because Akron is not good. Or they're going to come out and really struggle against a really inferior team and all the sphincters are going to tighten. And I don't know, just, it'll be really interesting to see what that what the what the nature of that game looks like how the ebb and flow uh progresses throughout because i think it'll be telling for the type of season nebraska is going to have and the type of opponent northwestern is going to see in week three in akron yeah just a, it's a typical september 1st in lincoln you've got a bowl team playing a team that didn't play in a bowl last year <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, we'll go ahead and, and leave it there with, for our Nebraska preview. Uh, head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Westlaw Pirates. You can call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. And as always, you can email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the Westlaw Bryant Field playing the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scousboy, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.